This is First Read, a podcast of Edenton Street United Methodist Church, where the preachers for this upcoming Sunday read the appointed text for the first time. Join us now for our first read. Hello, and welcome to First Read. I'm Ashley Griffith, and I will be preaching this Sunday in The Gathering. My name is Greg Moore, and I am going to be preaching in The Sanctuary. And my name is Emmanuel Lirag. Wonderful. This coming Sunday is February 11th, 2024, and it is Transfiguration Sunday. We'll talk about what that means here in a minute. The lectionary texts for Transfiguration Sunday this week are as follows. 2 Kings 2, 1 through 12, Psalm 50, 1 through 6, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 6, and Mark 9, 2 through 9. Greg and I are both going to be preaching on the gospel lesson, so I will read it now. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and brought them to the top of a very high mountain where they were alone. He was transformed in front of them, and his clothes were amazingly bright, brighter than if they had been bleached white. Elijah and Moses appeared and were talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good that we're here. Let's make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't know how to respond, for the three of them were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice spoke from the cloud, This is my son, whom I dearly love. Listen to him. Suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them not to tell anyone what they had seen until after the human one had risen from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to to God. So Transfiguration Sunday signals the end of the season after the Epiphany and sort of a pivot day as we turn towards the season of Lent. Of course, Ash Wednesday is upon us, y'all. It's going to be next Wednesday, Valentine's Day. The most romantic thing we can do is offer you a reminder of your mortality (laughs) and your loved one. So y'all come on around. It's going to be lovely. (laughs) Uh, more about that towards the end of the podcast. We'll make sure that you know when to gather for Ash Wednesday and uh, and um, have that clarity. But before we get there, uh, we're we're here on this Mount of Transfiguration with the church around the world, uh, and we get Mark to tell us the story this this year. What's it about? I, I don't remember a big whoop-de-doo about Transfiguration Sunday growing <laughs> up, but that could have meant I just wasn't paying close attention. So. I'd love to just hear an overview, remind us about Transfiguration, and then jumping out at me um, is don't tell anyone about this, this secrecy mm. thing. So yeah. those are two things I'm jumping right in on. Questions for you. <laughs> well, I, I would say you, you didn't hear about it because you were in Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Texans, <laughs> yeah, you we, know. We have our own priorities. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Okay. I mean, there's other things y'all are getting that's at right. down there. What, um, what did you learn in <laughs> rural South Carolina church uh, also about Transfiguration? <laughs> <laughs> also nothing. Yeah, I mean th- these uh, these higher days within the church year are, I think, relatively new to to the Protestant church. 
in general, but particularly the Protestant church, the mainline Protestant church in America, you know, us picking up these feasts is kind of a newer thing for us. It, it's always been a part of the Roman Catholic, the Orthodox, even the like Anglican communions, Lutherans have certainly been doing this for a long time. Um, but within the mainline, that'd be Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, primarily within the, um, the United Methodist or the United States, uh, we're, we're kind of new to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marking our lives by these calendar dates. Mm-hmm. Um, but post-Vatican II, when the Roman Catholic Church really tried to open itself up, uh, the mysteries of the church, making them more accessible to the world, one of the first people groups to access those mysteries was was us. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've kind of picked them up, and it's, it's taken us some time to say, okay, so what does it mean to have our time and lives marked by these occasions within the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I didn't grow up, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't gather around the family piano on Transfiguration Sunday. and <laughs> Like you will this week And sing home. songs. Oh, yeah. yes, of course, yes. <laughs> with your kids. Yes. With, but uh, we will at church. We, we will. will. Yes. We will. That's right. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, Transfiguration, uh, it, it's, it's one of five of the luminous mysteries within the life of the church. Luminous, of course, meaning um, bright, and offering revelation. There's five of them that the church kind of marks as these key moments in the life of Jesus that are these like shining lights, mm-hmm. like, ah, we understand something new or okay. we see more clearly. Um, th- those five are the, the baptism okay. story. Um, they are the wedding at Cana mm-hmm. where he turns water into wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the teaching of the kingdom of God so like the Beatitudes, uh, they are this story, mm-hmm. the Transfiguration, and then it's the institution of the Eucharist. Uh-huh. Uh, each one of those five become like like core memories. Um, uh, did, did you, what's the Pixar movie where they were all about feelings? What was that? Oh, yeah. Where there's joy inside out. Yeah. Inside out. Yeah, that's right. right. That's yes. Right. Yeah. And there are core memories, right? That right. like drop in. Right. Well, these, these five events in the life of Jesus become core memories in the church yeah. that we have to keep coming back to. Um, and they carry us. And so, um, hmm. anyway, that's, that's what's happening. This and way. they're all mysterious. So this is a different kind of text coming to it, to study it, to preach it, because you just said the five luminous mysteries and the word mystery definitely seems appropriate because I can glean oh, there's a hint there. There's a nod there. There's a wondering there. I'm stumped there. What does that even mean, mm. right? So that's how I feel, even though I have I keep reading this through, um, that, that some of that mystery can't be, you know, wrestled down into a nugget mm. um, or a takeaway. And maybe that's a good thing, mm. right? Um, <laughs> even if we feel frustrated sometimes by mystery or stupefied by it. Maybe that's kind of the point. When you named those other core memories of the church and of the life of uh, the communion, um, there there's overlaps between those five mysteries. So, for example, baptism. The baptism of Jesus shows up again in this passage. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like that line that says, uh, look at a what does it say? Basically, here it is. This is my son whom I dearly love. Listen to him. Almost verbatim mm-hmm. from the baptism mm-hmm. story. Yeah, right. Yeah. So 
just labeling it a mystery feels <laughs> hopeful and comforting. Like it's okay if we spend time in this text and proclaim and receive from this text and still leave with questions. Mm. Hmm. I think all core memories are somehow mystery and they can't be like diagrammed out. I mean, I think about core memories of my life. Uh, like they're, they're not just one thing. Mm-hmm. They continue to offer guidance and correction mm-hmm. and joy and grounding. Um, they're not just one thing. Yeah. And when I come back to those core memories, there's always more. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the same, but it's always more. Um, you know, those core memories of, you know, all the things. I mean, I've got core memories from my childhood, standing under the certain magnolia tree. I don't know why that's a core memory for me, mm. but like I remember standing under this magnolia tree and the sun shining through the leaves in this very particular way. And like that, mm. I don't know. I don't know why. Like imprinted yeah. in your mind, your yes. imagination and in your body in some way, the feel of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, so that, and I come back to that. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's not one thing. But I do like I heard echoes of the same the same proclamation under that magnolia tree. Mm-hmm. Like, you're my child, mm. and I love you, mm. and um, and everything's like the the light shining mm. through the tree. Like, yeah. I just remember the brightness of it and the yeah. the like needless beauty. Yeah. I was probably five. Why mm. is that a core memory? I don't know. Wow. But it was holy, and so. When have you heard echoes of that recently? Mm. Because for the memory to do its work, it comes forward again and again. It's not like, oh, one time when I was five, I knew I was beloved. It shaped you so that you recognize even just a little bit of that warmth, a little bit of that love again. Yeah. Well, I I mean, very recently, I was back at my parents' house where this magnolia tree is. Last week I was there. Um, and I went and stood back under the tree and, uh, it wasn't exactly, I didn't have the light shining, right? you know, um, but returning to that place physically mm-hmm. jogged that memory mm-hmm. and suddenly I had access to all, mm-hmm. all of that gift that for some reason became mm-hmm. a core memory that dropped into my memory bank. Mm-hmm. Um, to sustain you again yeah, right now. and it came right back. Yeah. And it came, like it, it came right it back when I was there. Yeah. yeah. What I love about that is it's, I just, this morning we were doing parenting class here at church and it seems like there's a lot of pressure in life and in parenting to like make some core memories. And, you know, even out in the world at large, it's like, oh, well, you've only got a couple more years with your kids. Aren't you going to take them to Europe? Core memory, core memory. <laughs> feels like a lot of pressure. Feels like a lot of money that I may or may not have in time. And it just feels like a lack. Like I've got a manufacture, right? Mm-hmm. And what I love about the core memory that you shared, and maybe too, as we segue and think about Jesus, transfiguration and core memories at the table, etc. Those are grace. Mm. You didn't do anything at five or at 45 uh, or whatever age you are, but to to make that memory for yourself. It was a gift, uh, like something, I'm experiencing grace in this moment, and that's a powerful thing. Yeah. 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 And you never know yeah. 
when transfiguration is mm. going to happen. Yeah. You just never know. Yeah. And the power of those memories to sustain, mm. like to get us through <laughs> the slog, yeah. uh, the darker days or the mundane or the boring or the dry, spiritually dry, whatever it is. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about this original transfiguration of Jesus up there with Peter, James, and John. And then we've got Moses and Elijah. Like, maybe this is the wrong question to ask, but like, what was the purpose of this? <laughs> Both originally and for us today. I mean, what actually happened? And is there something of it that resurfaces in the practices of the church or the practices of our own lives as Christians? I think one of the big purposes or gifts of the church is that uh, it offers us memory of things that do sustain mm -hmm. and that do carry us. Church, I mean, you know, our church is littered with the word remember. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's on tables. It's on banners. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. This is the place where we remember together. And one of the gifts the church offers, I think, the world is we steward these memories in and for the world. Like we remember mm. that that God does show up and mm. shine like mm -hmm. that. We remember that mm -hmm. in and for and among the world. Mm. Um, we remember that God pronounces humanity beloved. Mm. We like we carry that core memory in the world. We we remember that Jesus teaches us about this thing called the kingdom of God, which is where blessing happens. Mm. Like we carry that memory. We, we remember the institution of the, of the Eucharist where God says, I'm fully yours. Receive me and share me. Like there's these core memories are, that's what we do. Mm. And the, 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 the purpose of remembering is, um, the purpose of carrying these memories for the, in and among the world, I think, is so that we can remember who God is mm. and who we are. Well, I, in the Low Country, South Carolina, the Black Church has this phrase where they rehearse the goodness of God. Mm. I don't know if y'all know that phrase. You ever I heard do, it? Yeah. yeah, rehearsing the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. uh, and it may be in other expressions of the church, but that's the one that introduced me to it. Um, and what what that what that means is that they practice remembering together mm -hmm. God's mm -hmm. goodness. Yeah. And that yeah. It becomes this communal act mm -hmm. of rehearsing the yeah. memory of how God shows up. Right. Wow. Which means in church together we can pay attention and point ourselves and one another, which we do do. We have both symbols, physical symbols and acts, practices, communion and baptism and other things. But even just on a personal and family level, uh, to mark those memories, yeah. those core memories of, hey, we're in a rough spot right now, you know, whether it's in parenting or in a relationship. But look at God's faithfulness to us in the past. And God has not brought us this far to leave us. Like, those kinds of things. Like, I think what I, I guess I'm trying to say is, what if we invited ourselves and each other in friendship and in relationship to mark those milestones, <laughs> write them down, revisit them? I mean, there have been times where, as a family, we've needed to do that. Yeah. Like, I don't see a way through this. 
to name the truth of that and then also to say, and also there must be yeah. because God is a deliverer. Yeah, God is okay. always with us, right? And remember yeah. when. Yeah. God delivered yeah. us before. Remember yeah. when. Yeah, that's right. You know, there are, to, to go alongside with the luminous mysteries, there, of course, are the sorrowful mysteries, <clears throat> uh, which are the, if you watched Inside Out, those would be the sad memories <laughs> in the church. Um, I like the other ones better. I don't even know what they are, but let's stick with the luminous. Go well, ahead. The, the, well, the, here, the, the reality is, is that without the luminous mysteries, the sorrowful mysteries are unbearable. Mm. Um, yes. Without transfiguration, Good Friday becomes decimating. Mm. If you don't remember that God does show up and says, this is my son, mm-hmm. I love him and listen to him, mm-hmm. then on Good Friday, it's hard to believe that the horror that we're seeing is happening to God's son. Mm. The luminous mysteries carry us through the sorrowful mysteries mm. of our entire life. And so being a part of a people who help us rehearse mm-hmm. the luminous mysteries of our life right. becomes a critical spiritual discipline to be able to navigate the Good Fridays hmm. and the Holy Saturdays. Yeah. Right? And those, like, yeah, we, the sorrowful mysteries, which will also happen, and they're also mysteries, and God's also present there, but they become mm-hmm. unbearable without the luminous mysteries. They become too dark. Mm-hmm. These little memories become flashlights mm-hmm. on those dark days mm-hmm. uh, to help us navigate. Yeah. And so, yeah. The church helps us do that. And I, I, I also, you know, in my own life, I, I'm, I'm navigating um, a loved one who's beginning to struggle with dementia. Mm-hmm. And so memory is... N- mm-hmm now a bigger topic in my mm-hmm. life and to be a part of a people who help us remember um, it's becoming a mm. necessary wow becoming a necessary thing yeah and I think about times where you know I visited someone in hospice or nursing care or um, hospital and maybe they've had a stroke maybe they have Alzheimer's or dementia and it's interesting the things that kind of break through that luminous mystery, like um, to pray with someone who can no longer form words, mm. but you know their mind is active. I can think of people in our communion who just this year have um, have died, and sitting with that person and praying the Lord's prayer, and they might just have tears coming down their eyes, yeah. or m- mumbling or lips moving. It's like certain things break through, and that that is the gift mm. of the church and the transfiguration that. Mm. All the practice that we do rehearsing week yeah. by week, whether it be um, the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow, you know, the Lord's Prayer, these things sustain us mm-hmm. when nothing else maybe can reach us. And they bring comfort and Christ is present yet again in that. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. You said there were two things. I don't remember what your second thing was. Well, just the the secrecy motif, but like I'm digging what we're talking about, about memory and shining. Like I've got more thoughts there. But I do think if I were just to glance at this, always it's like, what? Don't he ordered them not to tell anyone what they'd seen? (laughs) Yeah, it's a theme in Mark's gospel. We're in Mark's gospel for a lot this year. And uh, Mark, I mean, the academic term is the messianic secret that's right. what uh, it's a this thread in mark's gospel and i think there's i mean i'd have to go back actually to to really brush up on um how that but I, 
how that messianic secret mm-hmm. has been deployed. But mm-hmm. I, I think when it was first named uh, in academia, it was a, a almost an apologetic for why Jesus never claims the title of Messiah mm-hmm. in Mark's gospel. So it became okay. a way to explain right. that Jesus never claims to be the Messiah, uh, but the church gets to expl- to proclaim that once he's risen. So the this scholar who posed that, I don't remember their name, um, said that, that it was basically a um, an apology. Like it was the church's way of getting around Jesus not saying in Mark's gospel, hey, I'm actually right. God. Right, and right. so it became the church's proclamation, because uh, the the messianic secret is always this: you can't tell anybody until I'm raised from the dead. Right, and right. so that's why the church would say, "Well, he's raised from the dead, so now we're telling uh-huh, you." Right, uh-huh. so that was that was this one scholar's thing. I kind of read it as the time has not yet come. Like this is he's he's talking about what's about to happen. Like he had just described, and they were not here here for it, not hearing it, not believing it. Right. But I'm going to die and be raised. Mm-hmm. And so there must be something about fulfillment and right. timing. And I think having, I mean, we've skipped over the fact Elijah and Moses, that's significant <laughs> that they're there. <laughs> we have more time to get into it on Sunday, but like there is something about fulfillment, yeah. um, fulfillment of the, prophets of the awaited messiah of his baptism of his purpose and don't tell might just mean you know let these things unfold yeah that's right i think practically that's how it became used in the church it became a a a teaching tool Mm -hmm. um that in the resurrection of christ the time has been fulfilled and in order to actually understand this we're going to have to, you're going to have to come near to somebody who can teach you all these things. Mm. And so now the time is being fulfilled. Mark's gospel begins with the, like, it's the time, like mm. the kingdom is at hand. And at the end of the gospel, you're left with like, okay, like the, it's now time to bring people into this secret mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. been living among us. And so, mm. Great. Um, I don't know. But you had me at Luminous Mysteries and you had me under the tree in South Carolina with you. I'm going to keep pondering. It's a good tree. Those things. I yeah. that tree. Well, uh, this Sunday is a time to remember, uh, to come and together and have this core memory brought to mind of when God shines in Jesus mm-hmm. and uh, we get to stand in the light of that and, and remember the goodness that we find. So we'll remember together. We'll see you there. See you then. <laughs>